Welcome to Water to Wine Podcast, a podcast for the everyday person who is waking up, making the decision to not give up. Every time that you listen, we hope that you find the tools to overcome your obstacles and keep having faith that God is working things out for you. Tune in to hear how I overcame the darkest year of my life and how other women are overcoming and reaching success. I'm your host, Kiara Roper. Now let's dive in. Welcome and thank you for tuning in. So you may see from the title today that I'm going to be walking you through kind of like my diagnosis and just what that day was like and how I felt and how I got the news, how I just discovered this breast cancer situation and just how it hit me. Um, So I was diagnosed on officially on April 1st. Yes, honey, April Fool's Day, right? What a joke. But it was not a joke. It was real. And that was the day I was diagnosed. So let's start from the beginning on just how I discovered the lump in my breast. So as a woman, we don't receive mammograms, I think, until like 40, after 40. So I'm considered like, of course, under 40, very rare to have breast cancer at such a young age, but it is a thing, guys. So I was pregnant with my son. It's my first pregnancy. So, you know, there's a lot of changes there. And I remember like that second trimester I was like moving some furniture in my mom's house. And I remember leaning in the furniture pressed against my breast and I felt the lump. And having a healthcare background, of course, it scared the crap out of me because I'm just like, what is this? This is a lump in my breast. And so cancer was the first thing that came to mind. But I mean, you know, I'm 26. So I'm just like, no way. So you would quickly dismiss it um, and think nothing of it. I had already had like a lot going on that year. I was a student. I was in grad school getting my master's. Um, My boyfriend at the time, which is my son's father, he was going through his own hardships. So it was just a lot of stress on us as a couple um, because he would... Like he was leaving at the time. So he was preparing for that, preparing to be a new mom. You know, there's just a lot going on. And so I'm just like, it's probably just breast changes. So I took it as that. And that just gave me like, of course, peace of mind during during my pregnancy. And so I went about thinking it'll change. It's probably just milk developing, whatever. So I have the baby And I'm going to my postpartum visits and I said, you know, I really had to lean on God because, you know, you're afraid when things seem out of sorts. The first thing that comes is fear. You're afraid. You think the worst. You go on like that Google and you look up every bad thing in the world. And that's just kind of what we do naturally. We're always thinking the worst. kind of sucks, but... I was scared, and I remember having a conversation with one of my friends, and I kind of told her about my breast, 
And by then, I was already, you know, getting the courage to go say something. So during my postpartum visit, I just asked my OB, I said, hey, do you mind just doing another breast exam? Because, you know, I feel a lump in my breast or whatnot. So she did some feeling around and she was very like um, alarmed, I guess, by how pronounced it was. And so she said, yeah, you know, this is probably a clogged milk duct, you know, less seeing you for some ultrasounds. So I went in for ultrasounds um, probably very quickly after, maybe like the next week or so, you know, they call, they get you in for ultrasounds and they kind of just look at it. And then if they feel like they need to biopsy your breast, they go ahead and biopsy it. And that's where they're pulling out that fluid to see like what's going on in there. So I went from ultrasound, they wanted to biopsy it, so they biopsied it, and then boom, I was just kind of waiting. So I didn't really think nothing of it. It's like, you know, you already get, once you get the courage to conquer your fear, you're like, cool, I've done that. So it was kind of like, I'm not going to continue to stress about the news now. And so that, so in April, I remember waking up and I was making breakfast and I got a phone call that I missed from what looks like the doctor. So of course I got nervous. So I didn't call them back right away. I looked at his voicemail and it was like, hey, call me. Here's my personal cell, blah, blah, blah. So I called my doctor back and he just read me the news. And I just remember like hearing it all, but not hearing it. Like he kept talking and was just like, you know, I'm so sorry, so unfortunate, blah, blah, blah. And I just remember saying like, yeah, okay, okay. Cause he's going over like what the next steps are. Like, this is what'll happen. These are the people that'll be calling you. And so I'm just like telling myself like, okay, okay. And I think in those moments, I'm literally thinking like, you can handle this, you can handle this. And the more he talks, the more I break down, I think. Um, And so I remember just crying on the phone, like crying, crying, crying the whole after a while. I'm just crying while he's talking. And so um, my son's dad is here and he's like, you know, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I tell him like what they say. He just hugs me. And I cry, and he hugs me. And so um, I get off the phone. You know, I just say, you know, thank you. And I get off the phone, and I remember calling my mom, and I told my mom over the phone, and she just kind of, like, listened to me crying. I remember saying, like, I don't quite remember exactly how our conversation went but I remembered she was just saying like you know you're gonna be okay you know very my mom was actually very very positive like I could not sense no form of doubt sadness like she was like girl she wasn't like brushing it off like girl you got this whatever cancer who she wasn't like saying that but just her ability to have like so much grace, um, calmness, 
and just like, okay, you know, this is the road we're going down. That's how I felt. Just very calming spirit. And I know for a fact I get that from her because I think I've been very graceful throughout this whole process. But anywho, continuing with the story. So I remember telling my mom, like, I know, but it's just not fair. I definitely remember saying those words that it just was not fair. And so breakfast, y'all, did not get done. I didn't eat a thing that I was on that stove cooking. I think I was making, like, pancakes and things like that. So I just, like, was not in the mood. It's like, y'all know that feeling when someone close to you dies. It's like... You're so stunned the whole day. It's just sad. Like, that's that's kind of day I had. It just felt very weak. Like, I felt weak. Um, and, and so I got in the bed. I think my son was about four months. I can't recall, like, where he was or what I was doing as far as with the baby, I'm, he maybe like was just in his crib or sleep or something. I don't remember him quite on that day, which is weird. But I remember getting in the bed and um, that's all I wanted to do was just stay in bed. I was just so like thrown off. I just stayed in bed and my son's dad was like, you know, we're going to get through this, you know, just give me like pep talks. Um, and was I okay? And just didn't want me staying in bed, um, and things like that. But welcome and thank you for tuning in. So you may see from the title today that that was honestly the forefront of my thoughts. It's kind of like anything that could get into, in the way of me experiencing my child, was heartbreaking. I think that was the most heartbreaking thing to consider, to have to digest, um, and to have to, like, overcome. Like, I know that, well, now I know that cancer looks very different in different um, diagnoses. So it's kind of like, but for me in that moment, I was more so like, wow, this would take, this is more so like, I need a miracle, you know, like I literally need a miracle to live out my dream, to be here for my baby, to, to live, literally to live this life that I want to live. I need a miracle. And so it was like, the weight of that was so heavy, like so, so heavy. And that's kind of, as I reflect, like that's what I was doing in the bed. Like just so sad that I had to be desperate, you know, for God to do something for me. And that's all I could do. Like, that's that's all I knew. That's the card I was dealt. And I just had to become desperate. And I just didn't understand it. Um, 
but it was really just a plea for God to let me raise my baby. Literally, like, I have to raise my baby. I have to. He's here. So there was no choice for me. That's just what I had to do. So that's kind of what that day, like, that's where my head was. And that's what I can remember, like, when I think back right now, at least, while I'm recording to share my story. Um, Those were the highlights, like, the phone call, the breakfast, um, hugging my son's dad, my calling my mom and getting into bed and thinking about what I wanted. Um, and so that was my diagnosis. Like that was like day of, I cannot remember the night, like, it's so crazy when you're, like, um, unpacking traumatic events, which is what this was. I've had a traumatic 2021. So when I'm trying to unpack, and this is probably the first time I've attempted to really rehash that particular day, I can't remember anything past the bed that night. Like I said, like even trying to tell you guys like step by step, like I can't remember my son. I'm pretty sure I went and got him and laid in the bed with him because he was so young. I just cuddle him all the time. But it's like I can't really recall anything past getting in the bed. My son's dad like wanting me, you know, just put like edging me not to do that. Like don't do that. But when you are punched in the stomach that hard, like a breast, like a cancer diagnosis, I think you almost would rather choose depression. Like it's almost like because I've been knocked down so hard, I might as well soak in everything it comes with. You know, so it's like you literally sometimes in essence is like, I might as well let myself go. Like I'm already this far. I might as well just go ahead over the bridge. Like I can see how people think that that's the way, you know, but in reality, I'm so happy that I got back up. Um, I'm so happy that I did not allow my dark moments to take me as far as they could have. And for people who do, I don't judge that either because it is hard work and it takes a lot of strength, support, spiritual grounding. It takes a lot to put yourself back together again and with all the support that I have, all the knowledge and wisdom and strength, it is a daily thing um, trying to process and overcome. It's not overnight by any means. And so 
I do get it and I understand it. And that's kind of why I wanted this show to exist because we all don't know when we'll find ourselves in uncomfortable places. And you need to know what it's really like and what it really takes and how you are not different from the next, you can move forward. There is a future. And so my diagnosis like wasn't even the hardest day, you know, but at the same time, it is a day I will never, ever forget. Um, it is forever sketched in my brain. It is a part of my life. It is a part of my story. And just after my diagnosis, there came a ton of phone calls from all kind of specialists reaching out to help me and make sure that, you know, get rid of this cancer. And so it was like a whirlwind, but I definitely want to talk about that in future episodes. I just wanted to kind of lay out what that day was like and what exactly went through my head. And as a mother, it's just, I have to live for him. Like, I have to live for my son. That is what I ask God for. That is what my cry out to him was and will forever be. And I don't stop thanking God. I don't stop asking God to live, to see him, to let me and my son grow old together. And because that means like no reoccurrence or, you know, and I also ask that my children's children, that cancer is just not a part of our DNA anymore that, you know, I've survived so or went through this so they don't have to. So, so many things that I asked God for, but so many like specific, simple things. I kept it very simple, what I wanted, and I'm just so thankful to be here. So without this episode being extremely long, I didn't want to just ramble, but I, I thought it was important to start at the beginning. And that was the beginning of my journey. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting me. And please tune in to the next episode so I can get into the nitty gritty of what it's like to be going through the process of healing. So this is Water to Wine Podcast. I'm your host, Kia Roper. And thank you. See you next episode.